Cambridge Muslim College, training the next generation of Muslim thinkers. Salam alaikum, good evening, and thank you for coming. It's been almost six years since I gave my last lecture in this room before retiring as principal of Cambridge Muslim College in 2013. And it was also in this room where I first got the idea to write the book I'm here to talk about this evening, while only part of a much larger and complicated story. For a time, Sir Mark Sykes, the subject of my book, Redrawing the Middle East, Sir Mark Sykes, Imperialism, and the Sykes-Picot Agreement, played a key role in World War I's Middle East War at critical junctures of the war affecting its direction and aftermath. After telling my students about Sir Mark Sykes and his behind-the-scenes activities in the war against the Turks during World War I, one of them told me I should write a book about it, and I did, so here we are. Tatin Benvenuto Mark Sykes was born on the 16th of March, 1879. He was the only son of the fifth baronet, Sir Tatton Sykes, and his wife, Lady Jessica Cavendish Bentink Sykes. Redrawing the Middle East is about what this relatively unknown British aristocrat did during World War I that would affect the war in the Middle East and its outcome and contribute much to the troubles in the region today. As a child, and in his teen years and into his 20s, Sykes' father would take him on camel caravan trips throughout the Ottoman world. From these experiences, Sykes developed a fascination with the region, and later, as an adult, wrote three books about the area, its people, their history, and his later travels there. He also gave frequent lectures, wrote articles for journals, and letters to the newspapers on the subject. In December of 1910, Sykes was elected to Parliament as a conservative unionist for Central Hall and took his seat in Parliament in January 1911. Two years later, on his father's death, he became the sixth baronet of Sledmere and one of England's major landowners, having inherited the family's 40,000-acre estate in East Riding, Yorkshire. Meanwhile, he had found his niche at Westminster, where he promoted himself as a Middle East expert. When World War I broke out on, in August of 1914, Lieutenant Colonel Sir Mark Sykes was Colonel Commanding of the 5th Yorkshire Green Howards Regiment, a territorial force which he quickly mustered into shape to be sent to France. However, instead of going to the front with his terriers in April 1915, Sykes seconded to the War Office. There, he acted as War Secretary Lord Kitchener's agent at home and abroad, operating out of the War Office until Kitchener's untimely death at sea in June 1916. With Kitchener's death, Sykes no longer had a position at the War Office, and his regiment was in France under the command of another officer. So from mid-1916 until the end of 1917, he found work at the Imperial War Cabinet with his friend Sir Maurice Hankey, who was secretary of the Imperial War Cabinet, and then also under Hankey as an assistant undersecretary at the War Cabinet Secretariat in the Lloyd George government. 
At the end of 1917, he left the Secretariat, and from 19, January 1918 until his death in Paris at the Peace Conference in February 1919, Sykes worked at the Foreign Office as a special consultant on Middle Eastern affairs under another close friend, Lord Robert Cecil. Tall, energetic, full of self-confidence, and convinced of his importance to middle, the Middle East war effort, Sykes was hard to ignore or put off when Middle East matters were discussed. For a time, he was the government's resident Middle East expert and was in a position to involve himself in virtually every facet of policy and strategy concerning the Desert War, which he did whether he was asked to do so or not. However, most of his activities would be top secret and, until recently, unknown. So for the past 100 years, as far as the public was concerned, it has been the name of T.E. Lawrence and his stirring exploits in the Middle East during World War I that have come to symbolize the Middle East War. For most, most people today, World War I is all about the war in Europe. Little is known about the Middle East War, the so-called War in the Desert. It took place in the so-called Ottoman Arab lands. Today, this area is made up of the countries of Syria, Lebanon, Palestine, Israel, Jordan, and Iraq, all of which came into existence as a result of the war. At the time, if anything was known about the war, it was the daring exploits of T.E. Lawrence, made famous by American journalist Lowell Thomas through his photos, sensational newspaper articles, and the show he put on around the world about the Desert War featuring Lawrence as the so-called uncrowned king of Arabia. Today, however, Lawrence's name instantly brings to mind actor Peter O'Toole as the eccentric Lawrence racing across the Arabian desert on camelback, his native robes flying behind him, leading bands of Arab Bedouin against the Turks, and blowing up their trains and telegraph lines. Over the past century, Lawrence's exploits in the Middle East war can be found in numerous books, articles, and movies, while those of Sir Mark Sykes' involvement in the Desert War is virtually unknown. Unlike Lawrence, Sykes' activities took place mostly in government offices in London and were long classified as secret. He also did not survive the peace, dying of the Spanish flu at the Paris Peace Conference in February 1919. So until recently, Sykes and his Middle East activities during the war had been mentioned only occasionally, primarily in academic books and articles. However, both men played major roles in Britain's war against the Turks. While Lawrence became Britain's hero and poster boy in promoting the war in the desert, Sykes was its eminence grise working behind the scenes, and often at cross-purposes with Lawrence and without his knowledge. Since the end of the war, despite Lawrence's much-publicized wartime activities in the Middle East, the sands of time have long since erased virtually any evidence he was even there, and his importance has been relatively nil. Instead, what remains is a legacy found mostly in books and articles countless photographs, newsreel footage, archival records, and legend.
The same, however, cannot be said about Sykes. His wartime activities had major long-lasting consequences in the Middle East, and today we are living with the results. So it is Sykes' legacy, not Lawrence, that lives on in the region. Between 1915 and 1917, then, it was Sykes, not Lawrence, who either directly or indirectly participated in a series of crucial events affecting the outcome of the war in the Middle East and its aftermath. These included the Hussein McMahon correspondence, which was dated between June 1915 and April 1916, in which British High Commissioner in Cairo, Sir Henry McMahon, in correspondence with Amir Hussein, the Ottoman-appointed Sharif of Mecca, intimated that with an Allied victory after the war, the Ottoman Arab lands would become an Arab kingdom with Hussein as its king. This promise was made with the understanding that it would be his reward if Hussein led an Arab revolt against his masters, the Ottoman Turks, in support of the British expeditionary force in their war against the Turks. There is a suspicion that Sykes had some input into this, but no, there is no hard evidence to support it. A second, and one more well-known, was the Sykes-Picot Agreement. This was an agreement negotiated at between November 1915 and March 1916 between Sykes and François-Georges Picot of France to divide up the Ottoman Middle East, the so-called Arab lands, between Britain and France after the war. It also included Russia until the October 1917 Russian Revolution in which the Bolsheviks, overthrew the Tsarist regime, and made peace with Germany. It was negotiated, as you note by the timing, at the same time as Britain was negotiating with Emir Hussein about the same territory. It would be used with changes after the war to establish British and French mandates over what would become Syria, Lebanon, Palestine, Jordan, and Iraq, and later Israel. A third uh, element that Sykes was involved in was the Arab Bureau. In fact, this was formed as a result of a suggestion Sykes made to set up an organization in Cairo to coordinate all activities in the Middle East between the various uh, British organizations uh, with concerns and operations there and the Arabs. Initially, Sykes suggested that he be put in charge of the Bureau, but his superiors decide to leave it into the hands of the British officials already there. T.E. Lawrence was to become a key member of the Bureau, and uh, that's where he earned his fame. The fourth uh, aspect or element of the Middle East War in which Sykes had played a key role was the Arab Revolt. The Arab Revolt uh, took place between June 1916 and October 19. 18, and was a result of the Hussein McMahon correspondence already mentioned between the British authorities in Cairo and the Emir Hussein. It was to aid in the British war effort and secure the Emir and his family's position in the Hejaz. Led by Emir Hussein of the Jazz and his tribal allies against the Turks, uh, 
It was coordinated by the Arab Bureau in support of the Egyptian and British expeditionary forces in Egypt. In May of 1917, when the Arab forces were faltering in their efforts against the Turks, Sykes visited Hussein and inspired him to resume his efforts against the Turks, which he did. Although it is unknown what exactly Sykes told Hussein to redouble his efforts against the Turks, there has been a lot of conjecture about this over the years. The fifth and final element affecting the Middle East War and its outcome was the Balfour Declaration. Uh, the Balfour Declaration came about when the British Foreign Secretary, Arthur Balfour, made it was made aware by the Zionist leader Chaim Weizmann of Zionist interest in a Jewish homeland in Palestine. As a result of this, Balfour asked Weizmann to submit a proposal for Zionist aspirations there. And as a result of this, Sykes was assigned by Balfour to work with the Zionists on the original proposal, or Zionist Declaration, which was edited by Sykes, which was to be given to Balfour, who in turn presented it to the War Cabinet. The original Zionist Declaration asked for all of Palestine to become the Jewish homeland, but the final, final Milner-Amory version, known thereafter as the Balfour Declaration, lessened the area of the Declaration for the Zionists to share Palestine with its Arab residents. The purpose of the Balfour Declaration was to seek worldwide Jewish financial and political support for the war in return for British help to promote a Jewish homeland in Palestine. In 1948, it would be used as the basis for the foundation of the State of Israel. These are the key elements uh, discussed in my book, Affecting the War in the Desert of the Middle East and Sir Mark Sykes' involvement in it during World War I. There is more, but this will, be, this will give you a good overview of what is covered in the book. Its purpose, I said, as I said in the beginning, is to acquaint readers with these generally unknown and critical activities of Sir Mark Sykes in the Middle East during World War I and suggest reasons why the region is the way it is today. Thank you. Cambridge Muslim College training the next generation of Muslim thinkers.